Coming up, what an excellent day for flashlights. Well, howdy, folks, and welcome to Minute 98 of The Exorcist Minute, a show where we endeavor to examine, extrapolate, and excavate The Exorcist, minute by terrifying minute. My name is Lester Ryan Clark. And I'm Keenan Diaz. And we'll be your holy guides on this journey through what some have called the scariest movie of all time. Okay, so just a little housekeeping here before we start. Folks, this is our first recording of a movie minute since before the strike. I know we said this in the Believer episode, but it feels so weird to finally be doing this again. So much has happened. We discussed the real-life exorcism case of Robbie Doe and whether he was really possessed by the devil. He really wasn't. (laughs) We got extra biblical in the Testament of Solomon, where we learned how Solomon enlisted the aid of 36... Or 72. Or 72 demons in order to build the first temple of Israel. Several times. Several times. Um, We then explored the history of the devil, including his pre-Abrahamic roots in Zoroastrianism and Greek mythology, and looked at just how much of what we know and love about the devil is actually in the Bible. Not a lot. Not a lot, come to find. Uh, But we also played a game of theologians and philosophers with Saint the Hippo, Augustine, and Thomas A. Aquinas, who said that if we can conceive of a perfect joke, then it must exist, just not on our show. That's Philosophers 1, Theologians 0. No, Philosophers... Yes. Yes. Finally, we went to hell and back with Dante Alighieri as we covered Inferno, the first part of his divine comedy. It's actually pretty funny. Actually pretty funny, (laughs) yes. (laughs) And so now, here we are, on the other side of a four... Four? Four-month chasm, a four-month melibulge, and it is here, as we climb out onto the other side of this valley, that I turn to my co-host and say, Keenan, what do you remember about The Exorcist? <laughs> uh, well, there's, there, there was a book first. <laughs> uh, and then Blatty, Blatty wanted to make it into a movie, but no one wanted to do it, and then he meets William Friedkin in the office of, uh, <laughs> the office of, um, oh, of oh, uh, shoot, Blake I Edwards. Blake Edwards, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, but they're writing the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, yada yada, bam, bing bong bing. Five <laughs> years later, we got an exorcist. Man, we got How's an exorcist. That? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, <laughs> more years later, right? Two chuckleheads uh, right. decide to do a minute by minute show. Um, and right. and uh, you know, strike Dante's Inferno, and here we are. There we That's go. That's right. There, yeah, caught up. I think. Uh, yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, <laughs> um, but actually, folks. Okay, so we wanted to take this time at the top of the show to make a few announcements. Firstly, you'll remember that when we finished Dante, we put the question out there whether or not you'd like us to continue doing these bonus episodes alongside our regularly scheduled programming of The Exorcist. And lo and behold, unholy moly, (laughs) we got so many messages, so many votes in the listener group to continue these bonus episodes. I was surprised by joy, as C.S. Lewis said, and as Captain Howdy says in the 40th anniversary (laughs) edition of the book. Whatever, it's fine. Um, But yeah, folks, I am so happy because that means we get to cover John Milton's epic poem, Paradise Lost, starring the big guy himself, Lucifer Morningstar, a.k.a. Satan, played by David Bowie sometimes, or Tim Curry or Streetcar Marlon Brando. But no, it's an epic poem where the devil is the hero? Question mark? And one of the most, if not the most, influential fan fictions that shaped our image of the devil. So, we're going to take a week to prepare. This week you'll have two Exorcist Minute episodes, and then starting next week we'll jump back into the schedule of Exorcist Minute on Tuesdays and bonus episodes on Wednesdays. And we'll kick back in with the first book of Paradise Lost. I am so excited for that. 
you told me to read this book, and now you're telling me this is the first book? <laughs> <laughs> it's actually, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a multi-part series, much like Animorphs. <laughs> And you see Satan changing into a snake. <laughs> um, that's actually more true than I would like it to be. <laughs> okay, so second announcement. Some of you guys have been asking what we're going to do once we're all finished with The Exorcist. We're getting near the end. Getting close, getting close. Um, we actually had several movies lined up and ready to go. Yes, folks, we had a list of movies the whole time. To- the-, the whole time. <laughs> but then... One little movie came along and immediately jumped to the head of the list. It wasn't even on the list, but then I called Keenan and said, we gotta cover this one next. And that little movie, you may have heard of it. It's a little movie called Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yes, we're gonna cover that movie next. Get your hot dog fingers ready, put on your googly eyes, and prepare to be sucked into a bagel. I can't even imagine what the bonus content is going to be for that. Yeah, we're very lucky for that. Some of my students say it's their very favorite movie. Now, now mm. part of that's because they're maybe, you know, younger. Yeah. <laughs> so they're only 18 or 19 or whatever. But but I believe them. Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. a, good, that's a very good candidate for a yeah, 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 favorite yeah. movie of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so next announcement. Um, while we have been away, something has happened to my copy of The Exorcist, colon, the version you've never seen, TVYNS. So for ease of note-taking, I've been watching it on Amazon streaming. Even though I have the DVD, it's just been a little bit easier so that I could pause, rewind a little bit, and take some notes. But something has happened. I I fired it back up again, and I realized that all of the minutes are off by about six seconds. (laughs) Keenan, they're off by six? Six? Six seconds. Um, I don't know what happened. I thought maybe like, like I went back to my document, and I looked at my old notes like that are four months old now. And I said, this isn't where the minute ends. Like, there's still six seconds that, that happened, you know. Um, and then I had this cold, these, these cold, as Blatty puts it, fingers mm-hmm. running down the back of my neck. And I was like, wait a minute. And I went and I checked all the other minutes. And they're all off by six seconds. And the only thing I can think is that at some point, Amazon put six seconds of blackness at the beginning of the movie. And everything is off now. Everything is just a little bit too... Oh, shoot. Now my dyslexia is messing me up. Everything ends a little bit earlier than our episode says it does. Like six seconds earlier. Yeah. We don't know how people are watching at home or if they're watching at home. But yeah, just that's uh, that's going to throw it all off. So yeah. thanks, Amazon. Yeah. Um, and for a while, we didn't know what to do. It's like, okay, well, do we like just ignore the the little timestamp at the bottom and go six more seconds for every every minute that's going to drive us crazy um or do we look at uh, the dvd from now on um and ultimately we decided that we're going to still stick with the amazon streaming because i think that is uh the most easily accessible version for folks right like you might not have the dvd you might not have your own copy but you can probably jump onto amazon prime and stream the movie along with us um so we apologize for that we apologize for any inconvenience um so from this point on we're still gonna stick with the streaming minutes um and seconds uh so for this episode you're gonna get six extra seconds <laughs> because i wrote this episode before the strike and uh so like i wrote like six seconds ahead which you know us folks like six seconds that's you know it's gonna be like another 20 minutes or something like that um and then it's gonna be we're gonna talk about that part again in the next minute <laughs> not as long though we're just we're gonna you know 
<laughs> but yeah, so so yeah, so you're gonna, we're gonna we're gonna be talking about it's Karis walking up a flight of stairs. So you're gonna you, we're gonna talk about that <laughs> twice. Well, and then we'll be back on track. You're doing everything you can for everybody everywhere. All in, in all the different the formats of watching devils. the films. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. And last but not least, folks, my amazing co-host Keenan has one more announcement. You're gonna love this one. Take it away, Keenan. Yes, because we don't have enough to do with The Exorcist and with the History of the Devil spinoff and planning our next Movie by Minute podcast. We are going to further split our time by doing a different podcast that's not Movies by Minute format. Mm. It'll be called Every Disney Villain. And yes. each episode will be a different Disney villain. So far in the document, we've got 520. That's enough for 10 years if we do one for years. every week of <laughs> Disney villains from the big ones that you might know, Ursula, Captain Hook, etc. to some mm-hmm. of the smaller ones you might not be aware of and some that might surprise you, uh, mm. such as ones that are based on real life historical figures oh i think i, I think i know what we're talking including about including some disney villains who have signed the magna carta yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and other Disney villains that I think are, are surprising, such as, uh, you know, Child Protective Services. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's Disney villain, one of them. So we take mm-hmm. a look each week at them. Uh, and it is not going to be designed for kids. It's going to be a adult level uh, um, deep dive into why we're afraid of certain villains, why we love certain villains, and mm. what that has to do with the, the magic of Walt Disney. So yes. that should be a whole lot of fun. I think it's a good combination of my background with uh, the history of Disney and Lester's background with the history of villainy. Yes, yes. My my um I love I love how you phrased that. Um, yeah. <laughs> like I have a real life history of villainy. That's right. You have a rap sheet yeah, of villainy. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Love it, love it, love it. And yes, folks, I'm gonna be there as well. I'm gonna be Keenan's co-host uh, on this one, and I am so excited for this ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you don't know, in the extra minute, Lester does everything. <laughs> like literally everything. I just show up and it's gonna be nice to to help him out and, and do the opposite. So Lester yeah. just just show up. I'm gonna ask you embarrassing questions like, what do you remember about <laughs> what happened in the movie <laughs> revenge <Yeah. laughs> oh that is so oh my gosh i, I am i am so excited i already knew about all these things but i'm excited yes, i'm just yes. i'm giddy i'm bubbly i'm i'm uh uh, uh oh, what's a disney thing what's a disney thing i'm super excited <laughs> Yes, yeah, so uh, that'll be our 2024 as we expand our empire, and yes. we're glad that you are going to be with us. Yes, yes, yes. So yeah, folks, we are excited to be officially, unequivocally back. We are recording Exorcist episodes again. We got tons of great stuff on the horizon, and we went on that crazy journey to hell and back, and here we are. So let's finally get to the top of this minute. Remember, folks, Karis made a late-night house call to the McNeil home, and so now our minute begins with Karis and Sharon. Watch out for Sharon. <laughs> 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 oh yes watch out for Sharon <laughs> oh my god I forgot about that um, it begins with them entering Reagan's room and it ends with Karis ascending some stairs yes again with the ascending uh, but we've never seen these stairs before it's like Freakin said we don't have enough stairs let's get another flight of stairs in this thing <laughs> my Freakin sounds a little bit like Donald Trump um, they are very similar yes they are they are yeah, mm-hmm. actually um Actually, okay, so that's a cool idea for a painting. Someone should do an M.C. Escher style piece with like all the stairs of this movie, right? And the people going up and down them, right? Some <laughs> somebody should do that, not me. Right. Um, but this is like we got the famous Exorcist stairs, right? right. We got the stairs um, leading up to the uh, uh, to Reagan's room, right? Mm-hmm. That little that little uh, hallway. Um, we got the stairs leading up to the attic. Oh yeah, uh-huh. right. And then we got these stairs. Yeah. We got stairs everywhere. We got, we got stairs. St- stairs up that bridge to go across the river. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Got right. everything. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, didn't your mother tell you it's 
not polite to st- no because she's dead. <laughs> There is a very cool um, M.C. Escher style uh, thing about a uh, poster for Parasite to the movie, which is all oh. them going up and down those stairs because that's also a movie about stairs. So, right. Yeah. About levels and all that. So, uh, well, yeah. Now we can't stolen your idea. Yeah, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> about a different right. movie. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Well, it was fun in my head while it lasted. <laughs> no, they're plagiarizing you in the past. That's how I <laughs> yes. say it. <laughs> yes. I am. I am um, uh, rescinding my my. Uh, five-star review of of Parasite. No. Okay, but anyway, okay, so Karis and Sharon are out in the hall. She puts on the coat, and we cut, and we are inside the room, looking at the door as it opens. We see that it's a close-up on Sharon as she enters, but it's still very dark. We only see the shape of her in silhouette. And then she exhales, and we see the breath and we realize that it is really cold in here. I really like the lighting of this shot. And folks, you might say, what lighting? But whatever's behind her, making it look like uh, like moonlight on her hair, how it illuminates the breath from behind while keeping everything else in the dark, that is so great. She enters the room, leaving the frame, and just before we cut away, we see Damien behind her stepping in. Yeah, I love this detail that Sharon has stored an extra coat outside of Reagan's door in the hallway yeah. so she could put it on when she enters. It, it's It just feels very lived in. Like, this is a horror movie, but they've I don't know, you know, how much it's Friedkin or Blatty mm-hmm. and, and the actors and the, the set decorator, but they figured out a way to make it like, well, people are still living in this house and there's like yeah. rituals and they've thought about these things. Um, right. I just love, love, love that. The horror is living with them and they are living with the horror mm-hmm. and they've like set things aside like to accommodate yeah. Living with it, right? Because it's not like, you know, well, now it's kind of a cliche, right? Like uh, in Die Hard, he's he's one of the first like action heroes who mm-hmm. who like loses inventory, right? So he loses right. his jacket and he takes his shoes off and then now he's yeah. bleeding and it stays with him for the rest of the movie. Right. Uh, yeah, as opposed to, you know, a lot of horror movies could just be like, well, they're just, we're just not going to think about this. We're not going to even right. mention that, that, okay, they need to have a coat somewhere that they mm-hmm. need to, um, like, where did they get these straps? They don't just go to the, the strap store to right. tie down the daughter. They've got to make <laughs> stuff. And we're going to see some of that apparatus um, in in this scene that we didn't earlier. Yes. Yes. Right. Yeah. No, no. This is, this is not a haunted house. Right. This is a haunted home. Right. Oh, <laughs> I'm only half joking, but like, like no, no, that's a great way of putting it though. Yeah. yeah Cause it's like, this is, this is a home that has been haunted. That has right. become haunted. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so we then cut and now that flashlight is on finally. And we are, traversing various surfaces of this room. I I like this shot too. Like I could not help but think of those deep sea documentaries where like it's completely dark except for like the little flashlight in front of the camera Mm -hmm. and we're just like slowly moving across the ocean floor taking in all the different textures and the weird hills and valleys and as Sharon's flashlight moves across the bed that's exactly how it felt. But we must be like deep, deep in the ocean, folks, because the fish that swims up into view looks like it has never seen light of any kind. <laughs> right. it, like like an anglerfish or a, or a viper fish. Like, you seen those, Keenan? I don't know a viper fish, but I think, yeah, the anglerfish with a little, um, it's got a little doodad, a little tumor off the front of its head, right? That's right, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Those are terrifying. Oh, yeah, extremely. Like, like just huge 
blank dead eyes and mm-hmm. teeth that look like they've been made of like fiberglass or something I, like that. I've never thought about it, but it might be like what you're talking Maybe that is, maybe you do know that. Is, is it because, mm-hmm. do they look like that because we are observing them? Like with this this light that we're shining in their face? Do they normally look fine when they're, you know, <laughs> when we're not shining a giant flashlight in their face? <laughs> I wasn't even thinking of that. I wasn't even thinking, like, so yeah, they, they just look like Nemo yeah. until, <laughs> until the <laughs> until brightest thing up. they've ever seen in their life is like, right. Yeah. And they're just like, ah! <laughs> this is the end. <laughs> no, I'm I I I would rather it's less scary for me to believe that they're always like that. They're always uh, like just that. even in the dark. Yeah. Yeah, well, they, their eyes are made for different things, right? Yeah, right. They're they're like they they, they need um you know, like just to adapt to the darkness in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um but not like like the other one I was thinking of is a is a blobfish, right? Mm-hmm. So so not like not like that. Like blobfish isn't scary, right? Like it's 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 very strange looking, mm-hmm. um, uh, almost like in an uncanny valley way. Folks, like do yourself a favor, um, Google blobfish uh, if you're near a computer or your phone. Um, what are you talking? You are near one of those things because you're listening to the show. Um, but uh, like if a you're blobf- not driving, if you're not driving. I, yeah, don't don't do that. Yeah, or you'll end up looking like a blobfish. Yeah. Um, but no, no. In every picture, the blobfish always looks like he has just been told that he is ugly. <laughs> If you just just look at no 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 like like look at a picture mm-hmm. of of the blobfish right now and just just tell me he doesn't have a, fa- a face like oh <gasps> but you know they might be scary when they're filled up with water yes yes <laughs> they might look like hold on I'm gonna look that up here <laughs> blobfish <laughs> underwater oh yeah they look like normal fish <laughs> oh really when they're, when they're filled up with water oh wow okay. <laughs> See, so, I always like un- unlike the anglerfish. Like uh-huh. I, I kind of just assumed that the, that the blobfish looks like the pictures you see. Uh-huh. You know, um, uh, like when it's when it's it's still like juicy, but it's out of the water, right? Juicy, a juicy. It's fish. yeah. Oh no, no, no. Yeah, you want to take a look at take a look at like dry blobfish. Oh, I've never seen that either. That's not going to look good. Mm-hmm. Aww. <laughs> what do you mean aw? Like dry it's blobfish. Terrifying. They look. They look, they look very sad. <laughs> Well, I, I imagine they are. <laughs> yeah, they, that looks that looks really uh, um, unpleasant <laughs> yeah. to be like that. But yeah, I, I'm reading here now that a blobfish, the reason it looks blobby is because they live so far underwater mm-hmm. that when you bring them up, they, it completely just changes the, their whole makeup. Oh, because of all the pressure. It's like it's like, yeah, it's normally pressurized <laughs> to look scary. Wow. OK. Yeah, it just like. <laughs> I'm just, I'm sorry. I got to close this window. Um, <laughs> We're doing a podcast. Yeah, yes, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Okay, okay, okay. okay. <clears throat> On the blobfish minute. Um, oh my God. Yeah, no, it's like, now Now that image. I'm, I, uh, Reagan is not a blobfish. She's, she's an <laughs> anglerfish. An angler right? Yeah, right. yeah, that's, that's, yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so, so back to this minute. Um, we're not way down in the depths of the ocean in like, or in some underwater cave. We are in Reagan's room. I love that metaphor though, Lester. That's very, very apt. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, and, and the last moment of this shot, our flashlight has found her face and we see that she is still asleep. We hear the breathing. We've been hearing the breathing again with this like underwater metaphor that could be like your, um, what is it? Oxygen tank on the back mm-hmm, of your, mm-hmm. on your back. Right? Oh yeah. Your, your breather. Yeah. 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 It's just, <laughs> right. Yeah. And then you realize it's not you, it's the fish. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right. And, and so, so, you know, but, but it, yeah, so it's Reagan who's breathing and she turns toward the camera and we see her face fully for just.
just a second mm -hmm. before cutting away. I always like when they do that. You see something for just a split second, and then they're like, nope, we're going to let the imagination and memory fill in the gaps, right? Yep, that, that, that edit, the edit just, just takes that last image. The last image sort of burns itself into your psyche a little bit more, like whatever's right before that cut, and we're, right. it's still there with us, yeah. Yep. It's almost like a, like a camera flash or something like yeah, that. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so we're actually going to get what I feel is the exact opposite type of shot in a second here. But before we do, Keenan, so we just saw her face briefly. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to remember, after four months, mm -hmm. um, did we comment on how it's changed even from our first meeting with uh, the straps? Yeah, she's changing colors slowly, right? Yeah, we, mm -hmm. we did We did talk about that, yeah. Okay, okay. So Because like, if we're like, okay, like there's makeup look zero maybe, and then makeup looks one through ten. And then we're right. slow, very slowly changing her. Yeah. Very slowly, yeah. So we got... Um, uh, you might loosen these straps. I'm the devil, right? Like mm -hmm. we got that makeup. We got that face. Right. Then we got, uh, what an excellent day for an exorcism, right? Mm -hmm. And that also looks different. Like maybe maybe it's just the lighting, but like she looks paler. Mm -hmm. it, it looks like whatever Howdy is doing to her skin has had time to set in. And now in this freezing room, is this an, th this must be another phase. Yeah, I think I think these scars because now she's got all these scars from mm -hmm. God, all of these injuries that, that right. are sinking in. Uh, they look very very deep, um, mm -hmm. and it also looks like she's getting like purpley and bruised underneath. So that's a yeah. huge difference, right? Yeah. And yeah. then in this shot, uh, I don't I don't really know if this I don't remember this uh, continuing on when we come back to her, but mm -hmm. here we see a lot of like frozen perspiration on her. Yes, wet. it looks it looks like. Um, I had to go like frame by frame, like, are these ice crystals? But I think it's mm. just like really, really cold water. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that could be, that could be, um, uh, uh, like from from the vapor of her breath, or it could be right. sweat, right. or it could be just anything. Yeah. Yeah. So again, this is on a refrigerated set that they built in New York City, mm. and they had like four like gigantic freezers sort of blowing into this set. Um, mm. And the the crew reports in the behind the scenes that that sometimes it would get uh, thirty degrees below. Right. Uh, and I think I think that the, I think they roughly did that chronologically, so that they got more cold. So so it's mm. going to be even colder in the scenes that we haven't done yet with uh, right. with Max von Sydow coming. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, Wait, uh, who? <laughs> <laughs> you remember? Oh, you remember? Go, go back to episode two, yeah. minute, minute two or three or something, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, that that they 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 reported it would be at, at its peak, it would be uh, minus thirty degrees. Jesus. Uh, yeah, and they would start that early, and then um, you know it, it, it wouldn't. Because they were trying to make up for the fact that the the lights were going to make it hot. Like if you've been on the right. movie set, it's going to warm up significantly. Yeah, um, so yeah. usually makeup is going in and like taking care of the actors because they're sweating because we do the makeup that's like you know, 20 degrees <laughs> colder yeah, yeah. in the makeup place, right? Um, but yeah, they would also report that sometimes there would be things that look like snow. They just describe them as snow. And I don't know mm -hmm. what the difference would be, I guess, if it's just man-made snow. <laughs> but little snow yeah. flurries, yeah, coming out of the uh, uh, out of the coolers. Oh, geez. Wow. <laughs> Dang. Just like... like yeah, little bits of condensation that, that yeah. froze instantly. Wow. And if there's enough of it up there, yeah, it's like, it's snowing, but really, yeah. what a terrible place to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a terrible day for an exorcism. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, wow. Okay. And, and like, like, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Um, there was something with the lights where they had to like after after a while the lights warmed everything up mm -hmm. to the point where like you couldn't see the breath and they was like, oh, okay, we gotta stop. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's only so much math you can do before just doing trial and error with. This. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but okay. So now we cut and it almost looks like we are in the bed next to Reagan, mm -hmm. looking up at our two visitors. And Keenan, did you notice when we cut? Karis is looking at the window, or at least where the window would be, probably because it's so cold. That's his first instinct, like, Jesus, close the window. Mm -hmm. But of course, we know 
that window is closed. It has served its purpose. So for then, now, for now, <laughs> the attic door is just up there. Like everybody forgot about me. So. <laughs> and the basement is like, yeah, I'm still down here. The Ouija board is like, hey, hey. <laughs> Planchy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nobody talks to me anymore. <laughs> yeah, we've turned this place into Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I like this. The Jason Miller, yeah, it like has this instinct to look towards the window again. We don't know whether that's like um, Friedkin has directed him to do so, or, or mm-hmm. uh, Damien or sorry, Jason Miller has discovered that his mm-hmm. own or a combination. Right. Uh, but there's a similar moment when they are walking up the stairs right before uh, Sharon says, um, "Oh, Chris, I don't want Chris to hear this." Like she has uh-huh. a similar sort of instinctive, like, "Oh, she." the flashlight hits uh, Chris's door and she sort of has another like, uh, uh, and she kind of s- not stumbles or, you know, it's, it's, it's in good acting. It's like, uh-huh. it's not even a beat. It's like, you know, it's yeah, like, it's yeah. like a, um, uh, an eighth note of a beat where she's like, right. Oh God. And then she's just, yeah. So like, these are just, you know, I don't think we give uh, Kitty Wynn enough uh, credit uh, just in mm. general. She's just like really, yeah. she's at the level of some of these other actors. Her, her, her part isn't this big. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 No, she's, yeah. she's doing great work. Yeah. No, no small parts. Right. Um, as, uh, as her boyfriend can attest. <laughs> <laughs> sorry folks sorry so now we got now we got two uh running gags for sharon right Good. we got we got the horseman we got watch out for sharon we love her if someone else was doing the extra minute they, they wouldn't even talk about sharon no, no. <laughs> they wouldn't be wondering where she goes right <laughs> when she's done with her shift mm-hmm. we see you sharon <laughs> yeah we see you very well um okay so yeah so that window's closed so then karis looks back hugging himself again with the characters hugging themselves because there's no one else to hug them Aww. even though like we got three people in this shot Karis is hanging back in the shadows and in the foreground we got Sharon and she is peeling back the covers she reaches for Reagan's pajama shirt and we cut again and we are not over the shoulder we're sort of still on the bed looking directly up at Reagan who is looking very crucifixy yeah like right now even though we can't see her arms much we see that they're up in that pose obviously because of the straps mm-hmm. but Keenan you're right it really does look intentional here even down to like how she tilts her head like right. in all those Jesus paintings right? yeah I don't know if they have to tell uh, Linda Blair that they probably just have to tell her like hey you're in a lot of pain and it's really yeah. hard to and then we, we get this yeah but it's certainly a crucifix and um yeah and uh, uh, here in this shot, we see a little bit of padding they've placed under her arm. Oh, that yeah. um, I don't know. May uh, you know, it, it 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 could be something that the crew put there, like for mm-hmm. the actor. But I I think it, it looks homey. It has like this like light aqua, the color of like a highlighter. Yeah. Um, and it, it feels like something that, that again they're, they're jerry rigging a psychiatric bed for her of right. everything they could find in the house or everything they can go down to the corner store and buy without drawing a lot of attention. Right. Right. Yeah, that and then like, could this be a case of like, I don't know, um, what do you call it, uh, like diegetic prop? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah like exactly. because it's like, like, like Linda Blair needs this probably because she's like uncomfortable in the bed, like right. lying there for so many hours mm-hmm. while they shoot. But like, also Reagan would need that too because yeah, exactly. she's probably uncomfortable. Oh right? yeah, yeah. Or or I mean, you know, Captain Howdy doesn't care, but like, <laughs> you know, Mom and Sharon be like, oh, you know, we want her to like be a little bit more comfortable. Right. right? Yeah. So it, it's interesting because so we're we're going over a couple of days and weeks into mm-hmm. this, and initially they're just like, well, we we gotta we gotta strap her down because she's hurting herself, she's hurting other people. But now, mm-hmm. like how Sharon has that coat outside the door, they're like, well, right. now we have to. We're not in emergency mode right now. Things are stable, right? right? But so so what can we do to to make this more comfortable for everybody? Right. Like, what are the yeah. little tiny things that we can do to live through this? Yeah. I really like that. Um, okay, so 
I believe we mentioned on the show how they use multiple beds in the movie. Mm-hmm. And I recently read that three separate beds were used for the exorcism scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if they're specifically talking about the actual exorcism or just any time the bed does something weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wondered if maybe this wasn't one of those trick beds that was a little bit more subtle. Like, like you wouldn't know the bed was, uh, you wouldn't know this bed has anything to do with this special effect. What do you think? Yeah. So the effect that's coming up where we're going to see, you know, things written on Reagan, uh, mm. but we're also going to be able to see Reagan's face, right? Linda Blair's right. very clearly Linda Blair's face. Um, mm. I think that I think that is a trick bed. I, I was having mm-hmm. trouble finding this as well, but I believe it's Linda Blair. Um, like, I don't want to ruin magic tricks for you all, <laughs> mm-hmm. but you know they'll do something like this in a magic trick um, where it's Linda Blair is below a dummy, right? So like, yes, yeah. So it's her head, which is on the same level as the dummy, but uh-huh. her body is sunk under this bed. Right. right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I think that's what's going to happen when we have the the writing on her. And I don't know about this first shot where Sharon has just unbuttoned the shirt and we see Linda Blair. I'm not sure um, mm. whether we need that effect here or not. But yeah. Um, but yeah, as as you were saying, it's like it's like really emaciated. Like her rib cage is showing, and and yeah, it looks pretty bad. Yeah. I I think as soon as we see like the 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 rib cage poking out mm-hmm. and everything like that, I think that's the dummy. But it's breathing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like, that's what makes me think it is Linda Blair. Really? And they've done just make, make up there. I would love to find out. But yeah, because th- it's breathing. Because later on, you know, again, we're watching it wrong. And when it's all mm-hmm. edited together, it, it looks perfect. You don't notice these things. But when you look frame by frame at, at the dummy, which mm-hmm. is clearly the dummy because it has, you know, writing on, <laughs> from the inside. Right, it's right. not breathing anymore. Interesting. So you don't think you don't think they they like inserted some kind of like air bladder underneath the, could be, the but stomach I, and where it's kind of like going up and down. I didn't see that. Um, mm. But I don't know. I think it just might be would be easier just to um, just to shoot Linda Blair's real torso and then use makeup effects to, to make it look like her, her rib cage is more uh, prominent than it actually yeah, is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, folks. Yeah. Like if you if you know, like write in and let us know, because uh, that's it. That's a uh, like the fact that that both of us are, are talking about it and wondering how this magic trick is done. I don't <laughs> think you you spoil the magic trick. Even. <laughs> OK, good. Yeah. But yeah, um, okay, so uh, we cut to Sharon picking the flashlight back up and aiming it at Reagan's stomach. And then we're back to the first angle on Reagan. This is when I suddenly remembered we're in a 70s movie. (laughs) The camera zooms in Mm -hmm. and we get this really jarring, really startling uh, scream of violins (laughs) and other instruments, like sort of of the musical equivalent of a jump scare, right? (laughs) It's like, ah! (laughs) And I just want to say, like... You know, we we're saying okay, we're going back to the original shot, but it's not the original shot. Oh, it because this one is is the dummy for sure. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and it's um, slightly different than the other one, but because when it's edited all together, we're like, oh, we mm-hmm. see them as the same. We just completely mm-hmm, see them mm-hmm. as the same. But yeah, yes. But this um, one is this one is a dummy that is again. You could look at this again, Lester, when you go uh-huh. bit by bit. But its breathing is different than the one before so I... than the one before okay All right. yes hmm. and as we zoom we begin to see something happening on reagan's stomach mm-hmm. we're starting to see what looks like letters we cut and now we're zooming in on karis's face again <laughs> you know it's like and just as we're sort of identifying with him in this situation taking in this shocking scene mm-hmm. we cut again as another screech of <laughs> like polymorphia batters our eardrums and we see the finished words mm-hmm. help me 
written on Reagan's stomach. Yeah, so we have we have Linda Blair, what I think is Linda Blair's real stomach mm-hmm. without any writing on it. And then uh-huh. we cut to uh, Sharon with the flashlight, Sharon uh-huh. and uh, Damien together. And then right. we cut back and there's a dummy that is breathing a little bit differently. It also has an Audi belly button instead of an innie belly button. Oh. And okay. we see the beginnings of Help Me written there. Um, right. If we're really looking and we know what to look for, you could see it. But it is, yeah, mm-hmm. it's kind of half there. And then we mm-hmm. cut to Damien, and then we cut back to a different dummy with Help Me Very Clear. And so yeah. just those edits, and again, it's all happening very quickly. We're being mm-hmm. directed, you know, by the composition, and we're getting distracted by, you know, these reaction shots, which is where the real emotion of the movie are is right. in these um, these performances, and then this mm-hmm. music. And so we read it, like you're saying, we read it as the words are coming out, but the words are stationary. Right. Entirely. Yeah. Right. But, but just in those three cuts, we're like, oh, no, no, help me. A little bit of help me. And then very clearly help me. And mm. it reads like it would in animation. It just reads like our, our brain puts those things together and says, oh, God, we're as if we're looking at it, pop out of her belly in real right. time. But we're not. Yeah. I love that. I love the um, the misdirection there. Right? Yeah. 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 Mm. But um, I was also um, I also remember reading mm-hmm. that. So this trick was done by painting the words help me. Um, like in a certain like type of chemical on the skin so that it would raise up like with a with the chemical reaction. Oh, like on the dummy skin? I see, and this is okay, this is what I wanted to ask you because God, I wish I knew what chemical it was. Because if it's like a safe chemical, you know, you could you could write something like you know, as you do like a little bit of um um uh, vinegar and baking soda and uh-huh. it kinda kinda like fizzes, but it doesn't like hurt you, right? Uh-huh. I could see them doing that on actual Reagan's like stomach. Right. And then we don't have the problem of like, you know, the breathing or the, you know, it's like because it's like it's actually your stomach versus maybe it is like a um, some kind of like acidic or, or like um, uh, harmful chemical to human skin. But it creates this great kind of like like rising yeast uh, 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 effect. And so they do it on the dummy. They mix it with some other chemical. So, yeah. So we have this, um, you know, this documentation that we talked about earlier where um, we have a shot of Eileen Dietz who slaps um, uh, Ellen Burson when she's uh, she's filling in for Linda Blair, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but in the movie itself, we only see Linda Blair doing it. And, right. and uh, so, like, I, I don't doubt that what you're talking about happened, Lester, like here, mm-hmm. but in these shots, there is no movement of the letters. Uh, I mean, hmm. so we, like, we don't see it rising up at all. I mean, I'm, I have, I have my file open. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going, <laughs> I'm going frame by frame in this. Uh-huh. And we do not see the letters like popping out in front of us uh, huh. at, yeah. at all. Um, so you know I, like, what? They, they could have done that and, and just like, okay, that just didn't make it in the movie. And the one that we have that's stationary just right. works fine. You know what? I wonder, mm-hmm. I bet they had the idea to do that. Mm-hmm. They saw like like they were like, oh, if we do this, like this chemical makes the words like appear magically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'll be great for the shot. And then on the day mm-hmm. they tried it and it was happening too slowly. And oh, they were like, okay. okay, this this isn't working. That might like be true, yeah. we have to like they were they're like, okay, hold on it. Like oh, like like <laughs> focus on the stomach and we're gonna and we're gonna see the words appear any minute now. And it, you know, and for whatever reason, like like maybe it was the lights or maybe it was just like like they didn't use enough uh, uh-huh. chemical mixture, like right. it was just happening too slowly, and they realized that like okay, like like the actual logistics of filming this isn't working. Yeah. So let's do a couple of cuts, let's wait until it like 
like fully forms mm-hmm. and then then we'll you know shoot it again right. <laughs> all right yeah as, as you're talking i'm just going back again looking at this mm-hmm. frame by frame i do i mm-hmm. do not see any actual forming or changing of the letters yeah interesting okay but hmm. it it certainly looks like that the power of cinema baby yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it really does look like like they're forming in front of us yeah well folks yeah let us know if, if you have um uh, any more insight into this specific effect mm-hmm. um from what i remember i thought it was like some kind of like chemical reaction but again what we see in the movie is all that exists right because yeah. like all of the cutting rooms floor stuff all the um um the stuff that uh was uh, was used to get to that point um isn't you know uh, like we never see it so it doesn't it like it, it may as well never have happened right <laughs> yeah i don't doubt that it happened and that they tried it though mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. if you read yeah. that then i, I completely yeah. understand yeah because yeah. it takes a lot of uh, guesswork um you mm-hmm, know they mm-hmm. they try they do this for for days and weeks ahead of time and and mm-hmm. uh, yeah test everything on camera so yeah um okay so quick little aside mm-hmm. um in the real exorcism case of Roland Doe Robbie Doe there were also words written on his skin. They didn't raise up like this, but they like appeared to be scratches. Scratches formed because they were like, scratches. Because they were scratches. <laughs> <laughs> and as soon as they restrained his hands, the scratches yeah, went away. <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember our favorite one? Oh, I remember. remember. Yeah, yeah. Do you think <laughs> we, we should, should be... take Robbie back to school while we're no staying in Philadelphia? <laughs> Jeez, but it, but if we keep Robbie out of school for another six weeks, and double stuffed Oreos, <laughs> he'll miss the entire semester if, uh, until spring break. Unless if we keep him that long, how long should we keep him there? Ten weeks. <laughs> this this devil just doesn't like school. I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. If, if some some people might have skipped the bonus episode, which is, yeah, which yeah, is yeah, fine. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah. yeah, so they would ask questions where they they were they swore Robbie couldn't hear, and then mm-hmm. the devil would scratch answers into Robbie's torso. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. And then yeah, once he got restrained and once he got like a um, twenty four hour surveillance on him, oh, that's true. Dude. <laughs> Once he got 24 hour surveillance on him, the there were still scratches, but the scratches were not as clear NOs and not as clear numbers. They were just yeah. kind of scratches. And they always seemed to happen right around the time the devil was like, uh, what's that over there behind you? <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, like the priest is doing an exorcism and Robbie, like his eyes go from him to like over the priest's shoulder. And he's like, oh, hi, Pope Pius. <laughs> You know, and the priests look around. It's like Pope Pius, Pope Pius, Your Excellency. He's not supposed to be here till next Thursday. <laughs> and then suddenly, when they turn back around, you know, there's some new writing on, uh, you know, on Robbie's arm or whatever. Right. But then, yeah. It, yeah, it shifted to where. Sorry, this is a rehash of this episode. Now. <laughs> yes. But then it shifted. And it's it. It was less about scratches, and and then uh, the devil would have to take over Robbie's voice and say things like, "Literally, if you didn't listen to the episode, you're gonna think we're just making this up." But literally, <laughs> like Robbie wants chocolate cake. Like literally, <laughs> and then he would wake up and go, "Oh, what happened? Did the devil say anything? It said you wanted chocolate cake." He's like, "Oh, uh, really? I don't know. Sure, if you have some, yeah." <laughs> Oh my god! Ugh. But yeah, so so like like 
scratches as opposed to mm-hmm. what's happening on on Reagan's skin right now, which is like the words kind of like rising up, like as if they're being pushed from the inside. Yeah, can't right? fake that as easily. Cannot. Yeah, right. that's the, that's that's really hard. <laughs> but um, but okay, so so. What do you make of that, Keenan? To to rather than have it be scratches, make mm-hmm. it rise up from the skin. Yeah, that and it in the book, right? It's very clear that Kara sees it happening in front of him, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah I, I think that's just harder. That's that. This is the evidence, right? This is the evidence that we need. Finally, that this is mm-hmm. uh, that this is real, and then he's going to be yeah. able to take this on. Yeah, you can't fake right. it. It is. It is very very strange <laughs> i don't know i don't know what you could possibly do to rationalize this yeah. that, uh... oh we give we give karis enough uh <laughs> you know enough time he can come up with something that's right yeah yeah but uh but like and also just the fact that it's not scratches mm-hmm. means that it's 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 uh, mm, it seems less like captain howdy and more like reagan doing it oh right because it's from the inside out right because yeah. if it was a mm-hmm. scratch that would hurt reagan that would be captain howdy doing it right right but if it's like if it's if it's coming out of her like um you know these raised bumps then that could be that's like Cap- if it was Captain Howdy he would just scratch her right you know? well except that Captain Howdy as we talked mm-hmm. about a couple minutes ago is trying to get Marin there right oh. and all of this is pl- right he's backward masking mm-hmm, mm-hmm. himself and talking to his own his own multiple personality disorders right, selves, right. right? and yeah. Um, yeah so I don't know so you, I mean it's scary if you think it's Reagan doing it from the inside if it is this Joker Skyfall Black Panther plan of like oh I wanted you to see this then um, mm-hmm. then yeah that's also scary. Uh-huh. Oh, dang. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I didn't even think of that. I was like, well, it says help me. It's obviously Reagan. It's not, you know, <laughs> not Captain Howdy saying help me. Yeah, well, it um, is. Cause, yeah, because Captain Howdy wants the exorcism to happen. Right. right. Oh, gosh. I, it's like, that's that's something I already knew. Why didn't I even, <laughs> like, why didn't I put that together? Ah. Okay. Well, okay. Let's let's examine each of those. Well, I he's think better ex- than Robbie Rowe, uh, Robbie Doe, at making <laughs> yes. this stuff, right? <laughs> he's like he's got he's got to play some four dimensional chess here. Mm-hmm. And Robbie, yeah. I don't. Robbie learned to play chess <laughs> from the priest during the exorcism. But he, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't he? Didn't he do what? What we joked, uh, movie Captain Howdy did, and like flip the board and eat the pieces or something? No, I think he liked just playing chess with them. <laughs> like, okay, never well there play we go. Chess at home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like this ever so much. I never get to play chess at home. Oh, we yeah. have his mousetrap. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, so, okay. So that's a really interesting angle that this might be Captain Howdy saying, "Help me," mm-hmm. um, and raising it up out of uh, out of Reagan's skin. Um, I also want to look at let's okay let's just hypothetically say that this is Reagan, mm-hmm. which is what I what I thought at first. Sure. Um, what are the logistics of that? Like, does she like yeah? Where where is she? Where does she go when Captain Howdy is possessing her body? I don't like, know. Like, is she like does she exist? Like, you know, we say it's like it's like the ship of Theseus. Like, this is my body. This is my arm. This is my mm-hmm. my nose. This is my face. Right? Is she still kind of like? filling up her whole body or is she like a presence in the back of her own mind Can well she if like... she is she's not in the in that tape right she's she's not one of the voices right right yeah yeah that's so that's terrible yeah, <laughs> sorry yeah. it's making me think about this yeah yeah but like being a prisoner in your own body and then you can't i guess you can't um operate your limbs mm-hmm. but you can somehow operate the topography of your skin mm-hmm. like I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to think. Like, what I'm seeing is like a little ghost Reagan, like wandering down her throat, mm-hmm. down her past her chest, right. and and to her uh, s- stomach on the underside, and writing with her finger, yeah. "Help me." Right. You know, yeah. I know that's not. You know, that's like a Pixar version of. You know, <laughs> like like she's become one of the inside out characters right. in her own body. But like that's what I'm like like. How did she? Yeah, just the physical logistics of like 
like, because you and I can't do that now. <laughs> Have you tried? <laughs> so, well, you know what? You know what? Fair point. Fair point. But what I'm saying is like, so Captain Howdy possesses you. Right. You, you no longer have control of your body as you knew mm-hmm. it but somehow you have control enough to do to do that little thing or yeah. like does she does she not have control and this was like really really hard to do like like she finally maybe she's been trying to say help me in other ways mm-hmm. this whole time right. and like just like finally she it's like message in a bottle or she like you know like smoke signals or something like that she finally got through somebody at some point Sharon saw it and she's like oh my god and called Karis do you know right. uh, the Poseidon adventure and I just, we, we were just talking about Theseus and Poseidon and all those other. <laughs> no, don't no, worry. I'm... There's no real Poseidon. Yeah. It's, it's a cruise okay, ship. Okay, okay. It's it's a disaster movie from the seventies. Maybe the maybe the best of those. And it's um, oh. a cruise ship on New Year's, and they get hit by a tidal wave, mm. and it flips over. And so then there are people, you know, a lot of people die in, the, in this yeah. wreck, but then like um, there's a whole lot of people who are still alive, but now the ship mm. is upside down and like the, the tables are bolted down into the, what used to be the floor is now the ceiling, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then they had to walk through. So some people are like, what are we going to do? And so they, they think that the only plan that they have is to go to the, go up which was mm. the bottom of the ship so basically work your way down through the kitchen into the galleys into the um the engine room etc to get to what's now uh. the top of this of the, yeah it's, it's like it's just just thinking about it is really you know really awful. terrifying yeah really terrifying yeah. yeah so this group does that and, the, and then their plan is that they'll get to the top and, and they're like well then what um right and, and they're like we'll just we'll just knock on the bottom of the ship until someone hears us which is also just terrifying right we're yeah. gonna do all of this stuff um, um yeah so they go through the engine rooms and none of them are like ships people they don't know the engine room but then right. it's upside down yeah <laughs> and, and they're sinking and they're running out of air and and they might get through all of this and, and just get to the top and and go teep 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 right on the metal right. and then no one hears them and they all die. yeah oh my god yeah. oh geez yeah that's oh that but that is a perfect analogy because yeah. like that's that's what i said like reagan is in a dying vessel right, right? like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's 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 a it's a it's a sinking ship yeah and she's like part of her is is a trying to find any way to to um you know to to call for help yeah. and and this is what she manages and you know thank god somebody somebody sees right right um yeah wow and yeah um, in, in the book uh, uh, it's a little bit clear well i guess we have to sort of where it's implied here that sharon has seen this happen in front of her right and then brings uh, damien back and then he sees it happening again so like mm-hmm. it's implied here it's clear in the movie or in the book rather that that she's able to write this several times and like, like right. yeah, make it uh, scratch up in this bar relief thing and then let it go back down again. And just right. Right. Cause were, yeah. Yeah. Cause otherwise like Karis would show up and it'd be already there. Right. right? Mm-hmm. And that would, that would be another argument against it. Well, it's like, well, you know, we don't know how she did that. Right? Sharon like, did I wasn't it. there. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah right. Yeah, Watch out for Sharon. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so this is, this is the only way that it could possibly happen it, like that it could convince Karis is that he sees the, the words forming. Right. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and okay. So Freakin, um, or I guess Dick Smith or, mm-hmm. or both, uh, they took it a step further because Blatty describes it in the book as bas relief script rising in clear letters of blood red skin. Mm-hmm. We don't have any blood here. And I think that's even scarier. Bleeding would indicate that she's, I don't know, fresh and healthy. Mm-hmm. Like she's hydrated, you know, like, like here, it looks like she's no longer producing blood. Yeah. Right. Like she's, she's reached a stage of malnourishment and almost 
putrefaction. Mm-hmm. Right. Right? Like her, her skin looks dead. She really does resemble a creepy fish <laughs> in that way with this like white fishy skin. Mm-hmm. And we can see there's bruises and cuts still on her body and face, but it's almost like her body is saving all the blood it has. Um, it barely has any left. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the purple, the purple, yellow. Yeah, exactly. It looks like she's decaying or something. She's purple, mm-hmm. green. Yeah. I don't, I don't want any red. <laughs> yeah. Even yeah, her, yeah, even yeah. her cuts that she has in her face shouldn't be you know, right. They they look red, but they look old. Right. Yeah. yeah. They like like because because like bright red would like indicate like say ah oh, that's a that's a healthy person. Right yeah. There, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's your immune um, response, Ragged. Exactly, right? Um, I also, okay, I also want to call out the handwriting here. Mm. Um, they could have made it scary, again, like jagged scratch marks or whatever, <laughs> right? But Sharon points out that this is Reagan's handwriting in the book, mm-hmm. and that does look like a kid's handwriting. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Which is which is also creepy out of context. Like like kids' handwriting in a school notebook or on a drawing or on a fridge is okay, but like on a mirror or on a wall or on someone's skin, it's immediately <laughs> creepy, right? Yeah. Like I feel like like that horror trope is played out now, like the the creepy kid uh-huh. trope, yeah. you know. Um, actually, could could this be where it started? The creepy kid Was, uh, trope. Yeah, the, well, the creepy kid, and then like you know, now you see kid writing in a horror movie, and it's like it's never good. It's you know, it's 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 never. It's like have a nice day. Well, no, actually, it would be have a nice day, but it would be creepy, right? Right, right. Well, I don't know about the writing part of it. Um, my uh, my colleague here at UNLV, Heather Addison, does when she teaches the horror class, she mm-hmm. does it really smartly. She does it like because I would do it chronologically or something semi chronologically, and right. she instead each week is a different fear. Um, oh. so it's like, so like, we're going to watch a movie and talk about like the fears that it talks about and then read some sociology and psychology about like why this fear might be. And then you can, mm. you can take this out and see other ones. So she, she has yeah. a week for fear of children and a week for fear of old people. Like we, like we oh. seem to have both of those things. Right. Yeah. Uh, so like, yeah, in the shining, it's both right. We have the, right. Yeah. 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 Um, but so I don't know about the writing part of it. That's really interesting in movies. Mm. There, there are a couple of, um, in the fifties, I can't think of anything earlier than the fifties, but, um, mm. there's one called the bad seed, which is, a a little girl who um it's based on the play and we're just told that she was just born bad and she uh mm-hmm. she just kills people in the neighborhood and you know oh and, uh um like makes it look like accidents etc and then mm-hmm. the mother is able to talk to her and like why are you like this why are you like yeah. this and she's like i just that's just who i am this is how i am and it's like this fear of um you know post-war like fear of the like accepted norms of like well you just you're just supposed to have kids right so even if you don't want to have kids you have kids and then what if they come out bad and like Mm. it's your fault you know (laughs) like um even if you've done nothing wrong the fact that you made the kid and the kid is wrong is is your Mm. fault right um then there's also like children of the dam do you know that one no, or village no, of the village of the dam sorry oh village of the dam yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. and the sequel i think is children of the dam but yeah that's just one where they show up in the middle of this um it's Children of the Corn is kind of similar, but, um, okay. but yeah, Village of the Damned is uh, they all look identical, these these kids, and uh, right. and they don't want people there. And, and it seems like the whole oh. town is run by these these kids. And it's like, yeah, other oh. people's kids. That's creepy, too. Right. So your kids are, are scary. <laughs> other yeah. people's kids are scary. Kids. Yeah. The bad kids. news. <laughs> <laughs> Village of the Corn. <laughs> yeah, but I can't think of it before the 1950s. Early, I'm sure there's examples, mm. but yeah, I think it is. Oh, uh, what about the um? Oh, the uh, the, uh, the, the 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 Twilight Zone episode with yeah. the kid who like who is God basically. Yeah, that right? would that be in the 60s. Yeah. Oh, okay. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, exactly. Uh, yeah, where he he has godlike powers, and but he has he is like the. Um, he is like the gods of old, right? Who who, mm-hmm. who aren't good, right? right? So it's not like um, uh, Jehovah, who is good, or at least we think right, or has right. his reasons. He just is yeah. childish, like Zeus, but has all the powers of Jehovah. 
yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right mm. and he wishes you into things yeah, yeah 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 but i think that's part of this you know i don't know um i'm sure there's other examples before that i just can't think of it but like this yep. post-war idea of like um yeah like you doing what you're supposed to and living out the mm-hmm. typical life that everyone wants you to have and now you're starting to think like well geez there must be other options than mm-hmm. being yeah, a mother yeah. or being a father exactly yeah hmm oh man yeah yeah kids folks <laughs> Watch out for them. <laughs> Watch out for kids. Yeah, yeah, you might have a kid right in the room with you right now. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not careful, if you if you sin like those people in horror movies, you know it's not Jason Voorhees who comes after you. It's a it's a kid. <laughs> uh, in any case, we cut from this gruesome visage mm-hmm. to a hallway. Um, We are back at Georgetown University, but we can still hear that eerie music as if it's echoing through the halls or perhaps through Karis's mind. And indeed, we see Karis walking towards us down this hall. I really love this shot. We're looking down the barrel of this hallway. We got uh, repeating lights along the ceiling, sort of reminding me of when Karis was back in the language lab, mm-hmm. and he was looking at all those like, reflections of himself in the glass as they stretched into infinity. And there, he was looking into the abyss. So perhaps we can say in this scene, he is walking out. In the book, at least, the help me scene is the thing that finally convinces him, and the very next morning he immediately goes to Father President to ask about an exorcism. What do you think of that interpretation? We have him looking in, down the barrel of his own thoughts in the language lab, and now he is walking out of this infinite, repeating tunnel. And we got bars and gates again, like in Bellevue, or hell, same thing. Um, And he's finally walking out of a set of gates. What do you think? Yeah, I'm really, I've been really interested in talking about these minutes here where we see the Catholic bureaucracy or the bureaucracy of the mm. university, which is also Catholic, obviously. Um, and it's a little bit different than I remembered it. Um, mm. Because yes, it has a lot of the same structure to it as the, as Bellevue, uh, like yeah, with these gates and that's really uh, apt. Um, but it's like the only location that we've seen so far that's not diseased. <laughs> like every other mm. place that we've seen, um, yeah. except for, you know, um, those here and then the, the um the uh god damn it what is it called <laughs> it's oh shoot it's not Whoa. a university in iraq uh, the, the, the museum of <laughs> thank antiquities. you it's the museum of antiquity <laughs> i was like i was like i want to help this guy but <laughs> it's not a university in iraq. it's not wow. a jesuit university in iraq <laughs> Uh, yes, it's, it's the Museum, Museum of Antiquities. Of Antiquities yeah, yeah. But yeah, wow. both of those locations are not diseased. Like everything else, right. like, even when it's like, oh, we're in uh, Reagan and Chris's house at the beginning, but it's something is off about it, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the when, when he goes to the bar with Tom, something is off about it. And this is the only right. one where it's like, okay, we have all the trappings of, of what you're talking about, but but it, mm-hmm. it's nicer than I remember it. it it's right. open and clean and, and friendly. Um, yeah, it just wasn't how I remember this. Right. It has the look, like like I say, it reminded me of the language lab. Yeah. It reminded me of Bellevue, mm-hmm. but it like the, just like the physical kind of like, like decoration of yeah. it reminded me. But then the mood, the feeling, it's like, we're not in hell. Like no. we are, we are, we are finally walking out right. of hell yeah. and into this, into this um, clean, like, like healthy place, like this undiseased place, yeah, as you balance, said. balanced, yeah. it's lit well. I mean, we've seen the outside of this building because this is Healy Hall. Right, so we've seen yes. the outside of the building and it's they shoot it off, right? They shoot it a little mm-hmm. bit colder feeling and and mm-hmm. the camera is unsure of itself when Chris is there mm-hmm. and then something is weird about it. And here, yeah. it, so, you know, it's the exact same space, like literally the same place. 
Mm. Uh, but the but the way they're filming, I think it has a lot to do with the lighting and then the framing, which makes it feel not so open that we are mm. like worried about things coming out from the sides of us or anything right. like, and not so closed that it feels claustrophobic. It's just balanced. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. So now once again, folks, the camera does this little trick here. Um, Karis reaches the camera and then we turn and follow him revealing another set of stairs, which Karis <laughs> ascends um, and the visual symbolism here. We got the cross carved into the banister and at the top of these stairs, uh, we, we see a painting. I, I really, wish i knew who this was um i thought maybe saint ignatius loyola he he appears to be an important like saint in georgetown um but that doesn't look at all like the depictions i've seen so i i don't know um might not even be a, a saint might be like a founder or mm-hmm. something um if anybody knows who this guy is write in and let us know so i discovered a resource really late so we're on what like oh, minute oh. 99 what, what, what are we doing 98 <laughs> sorry yeah. we're in minute 98 uh, and yeah. i found a resource which is then now movielocations.com <gasps> oh and yeah i wish i wish i'd seen this earlier it's really mm. it's really cool so um the guy doesn't uh have his name that i could find but he says mm-hmm. in, in the beginning he's like this started just as a website for myself um uh-huh. of just places i had been to and done movie tourism and then and mm-hmm. then it's became this thing that i do so he goes around and like looks at movie locations and tries to find them in real life and take pictures that match the shots of um of what they are in the movie so mm, he has a okay. lot of exorcist parts, um, including um, addresses, etc. And uh-huh. yeah, so he has this section here and he identifies it as inside Healy Hall. Uh-huh. Um, but he does not say who that picture is of, unfortunately. So, oh, darn. so but, okay. but apparently, I mean, I don't, I don't want to promote wandering onto the Georgetown campus, which is a private university and going yes. into Healy Hall and just poking uh-huh. around. But it, it, it looks like it, it, it can be done because it's a public place. So right. this guy yes. got in in 2019, which is, you know, a very different time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. so yes, our friend from then now movielocations.com did get into this exact location. Um, and, and you could see the, the, the painting is still there and everything. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. So folks check out then now movielocations.com mm-hmm. and, uh, you can see some pictures. Um, Keenan, uh, I wasn't going to mention this, mm-hmm. but since you talked about like, uh, poking around Georgetown <laughs> university, um, uninvited uh-huh. i guess i might as well bring this up now uh-huh. um yeah folks uh like like uh during the uh the strike i actually took a trip to georgetown washington mm-hmm. and i uh i got a lot of pictures and uh i may have uh, poked around a couple <laughs> of places that i mm, was you know maybe not uh, supposed to go but I'll, uh, <laughs> i will i will upload all of those um uh, when uh, when this episode drops and you'll get to see where i went to i went to um Let's see. I went to the famous Exorcist stairs. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I saw the the house. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I even went to the tombs, that little bar that uh, that that Karis and uh, Father Birmingham meet mm-hmm. at. Um, and they, they are like literally feet away from each right? other. They are so close. <laughs> like you can see now. I understand in the book when Karis is like in his little you know dorm and he looks out at the window and he looks across the street and sees the house. I'm like, oh yeah, because like you can do that. They're all <laughs> so close to each other. And then the chapel. Like I, I went to Dolgren Chapel. Mm-hmm. That, that's the place. I'm 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 not sure I was allowed to go. <laughs> in, but, I, but I went in there. I'm sure they're used pictures. to it. Yeah, yeah. But and you, know. you are actually a Catholic. Yes, I am. Yeah, actually. <laughs> I wish I had thought of that as I was like surreptitiously opening the door and I was just kind of sneaking. It's like, it's like, hey, are you a Catholic? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, that's right. I'm a Catholic. I can do this. I'm going for church purposes. 
Because you're a church, I understand. Yeah. Yeah. I want some uh, forgiveness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, no, no. I got um, your, your your faithful host has got some pictures that he will uh, he will post. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, okay. So, folks, yeah, this is actually where like the 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 we're off by six seconds. Um, so the minute should end here. But when I was writing this script four months ago, um, I say our minute ends as Karis rounds the landing and heads up a second flight of stairs. And we see Father Lucas <laughs> pass him as he does. No, 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 no. This isn't Father Lucas. Um, but in my mind, this is exactly how I picture Father Lucas. Keenan, do you see this guy? Yeah. <laughs> but this guy's from before Father Lucas was invented, right? Yes. He's not yes, from this... the 40th anniversary. Right, right, right. But like in my head, I just see it's like, oh, if if like that's that's what he would look like. Yeah. Um, and and he passes Karis. Um, it is a, he, he's like he folks. Let me let me give you a visual. Right. He's he he's bald, stringy red hair. He's not like frumpy or overweight. But I swear, like as he as he passes Karis, I, I see him lean over and he whispers like, "Watch out for Sharon." Right? I don't know. I don't know. No. We'll have to go back and look. But but yeah, like like we'll we'll follow Dimmy up those steps in the next minute for now. That's all I got. Keenan, how about you? I think we got everything. All right. We got everything and more. Um, we got like six seconds more, actually. <laughs> uh, folks, this has been another excellent Exorcist Minute. I've been Lester Ryan Clark. You can reach me on all the socials as Lester Ryan Clark. And I've been Keenan Diaz. You can find me on Instagram and Letterbox at Howdy Keenan. Yes. We got our listener group, Compelling Conversations. Go check that out and request to join, and we'll let you in here with us. Thank you so much to everyone who has shared the show by word of mouth or on social media. And a big thank you to everyone who has given us a five-star rating on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to our show. We really appreciate it. It's going to help our little podcast grow and find more cool people like you. Okay, Keenan, are you thinking what I'm thinking? I think I am, Lester. Folks, until next time. The power of blobfish compels you. Yes, I, uh, I looked over your resume, and it seems like you have uh, some very good qualifications, Mr. Fish. Um, do you have any questions for us? <laughs> you, you, Mr. Fish, you, you look so sad. Is there, is there anything we can do for you? I don't think you're allowed to ask me about that. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. No need to get... Defensive, Mr. Fish. We, we, you know, we, we're, we're just, we're just here to, to help. Okay. What kind of a job is this, <laughs> Mr. Fish? You, you are going to be entertaining children. Can you, can you, can you sing a song, perhaps, or can you dance? I can dance. Watch this. Oh God. Oh, oh God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, we, we, we will call you. Um, thank you very much. Um, do you need do you need help off the the ch- no no I see that you're managing your all right um well I, I'll, I'll see you hang on let me let me just go walk over and hold the door open for you hang on yeah. okay um where can I get my parking validated I'm sorry we don't validate um <laughs> typical <laughs> so so we'll, we'll we'll be seeing you this is, um uh, expect a call in the next um uh, uh three to five days. He's 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 walking really slow. That's the that's the gag that I'm doing. Right? He's kind of just flopping, right? Yeah. All right, hold your horses. Yes. I'll get out yep. of here. Yep. yep.
I um I have another interview. <laughs> no, 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 no. Of course, you you take your time. You take your time. Go on, flash is If we hire you, there are. Are, are we going to be needing to accommodate you um, in uh, in this way? Like, just, you know, it would be like 8.30 is the time. And so you would need to get here like maybe 15 minutes uh, beforehand just to prepare. You'll be hearing from my lawyers. Oh, God. <laughs> he just picks him up and shuts him out of the window. <laughs> what, a, what an unfriendly fish. God. <laughs> If you all at home think the fish was the problem in that interview. <laughs> <laughs>